This is Betsy Palmer, and I'm not sorry that I lost my head. It's been worth every moment of it. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. I'm Treacherous Trista. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by the cast and crew of Homewrecker with Alex Esso, Michelle in the film, and co-writer. Hello. Hello. Precious Chong, also co-writer, and Linda in the film. Hello, hello. Good to see you. And uh, Zach Gain, also co-writer and director. Hi, everybody. Yeah. First of all, all three of you are credited as writers. How did that work? Um, oh. Well, oh no! I was gonna say. Well, I mean, we wrote the three of us wrote the story together, uh, and then afterwards, Zach and uh, Precious wrote the script in Toronto. So I assume all of you guys knew, knew each other beforehand. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, Zach and I have known each other for oh, God, almost fifteen years. Um, over and fifteen years. Over, over. Yeah, it is over fifteen years. Yeah, and. Uh, at one point, we were both living in Vancouver. We used to make a lot of uh, short films together. Um, and that's kind of where we first, 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 first talked about Homewrecker um, in, a, in a very different form. But that was kind of like I, the... I sort of actually got the job to write Homewrecker for somebody else because Alex and I had just made this sort of kind of kick-ass for, for its time and place short film that we made that actually for like years afterward, I would get messaged about because uh, Black Mirror did an episode that they thought oh. was like they'd seen our film or something. Um, but anyway, based on the story. I felt that way too after I saw that episode. Yeah, it was eerie and awesome. Yeah. Like whether it was, whether they yeah. saw the film or not, the fact that like Black Mirror wanted to make our story was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, based on the strength of that short we did, I got this gig writing. This film is based on an article, actually, um, that I never read. But this guy <laughs> who hired me had read this article, and it was just like a typical love triangle like that you would see on the Lifetime channel, as so many people have pointed out. And he's like, will you write the script for me, or will you think about it? And I was like, okay, how do I make this generic kind of plot interesting. And, uh, and I was really into, we were really into French horror at the time and like, uh, you know, like Calvary, the whole French horror boom martyrs. And I loved the idea of making our own version of inside. So that's a little <laughs> bit how it started. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually forgot. I remember now that you had been hired to write that for somebody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, and by the way, I sh- I should add that I took my work to him, and I was like, "Well, this is what I got." And he's like, "This isn't what I wanted at all." Yeah. <laughs> so that's and then, why he's not gonna sue us. And then Z- and Zach and I were working together, and then 
I met Alex through Zach and then we wanted to do something together. And yeah. we, and then, so when Zach pitched this idea, I was like, great, we can use my house cause I want to renovate. Um, so we, that's, that's how it kind of came about. And, yeah, uh, to talk more about Precious, uh, just like yeah. 10 years later, after the idea sort of, I, I kind of remembered it, and then I realized that, you know, I'd gotten to know Precious and gotten to know what she was capable of, and then that sort of introduced the generational element, or like far more, and I was like, oh my god, this movie can be so much more than what it was originally thought out to be. Yeah, I actually remember uh, when we were talking about Homewrecker in Vancouver, when it looked like it wasn't going to work out with that guy. And that was one of the things was that there was no Linda, like <laughs> who, who would possibly have the, the bravery and the chops to play a part like that. And it, it couldn't have been a more, a more perfect marriage, I think. Agreed. It was really fun. The, what did yeah. you think of the character when they, uh, when they told you about it, Precious, and then the film, the idea? <sighs> Well, I mean, we kind of kind of came up with it together. I mean, she's older. She had like the certain things like Zach had introduced, like the sledgehammer. But we came up with the story beats, all of us together. And then like we I think because we thought about using that Lisa Loeb song. And so from that, I was like, oh, she's like sort of this romantic stuck in like nostalgia and um sort of like, oh, it's my chance to be like the Jack Nicholson shining guy with the sledgehammer, but also, <laughs> you know, bring in this sort of 80s thing. So, um, yeah, we kind of crafted it together. I mean, and then when we were shooting, I guess, do you remember, Alex, we were at H&M buying clothes and mm -hmm. then the, the, that outfit sort of, the workout outfit. Um. It sort said of, so much. It said so much, but it was yeah. sort of like an a, like a afterthought. I just said, oh, I need mm -hmm. something to do the workout thing in. And then it just yeah. kind of, the headband, I was like, oh, my God, I'm Rambo. And then it was yeah. like, <laughs> Inspired so, costume. Yeah, yeah. so it's it sort of, that's how it all came together. I wish it was, yeah. could say it was all planned out, but it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but it also, I mean, it, it couldn't be. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about building these characters is the more pieces we added the more dimensional they became, the more they would start to be a little altered in, in minor ways, very like specific ways. But it was really cool seeing it all like morph. It was great seeing Precious like, like just kind of maneuver through all of this, this crazy labyrinth of psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> it was really like even, like I said earlier about Maria Olsen, it was one of those things where you're in a scene with someone, but you are also taking a minute to watch them as well because you love what they're doing. Uh -huh. cool. kind of, oh, damn. Expressions are amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, yeah. Had, we had great chemistry. It was so fun. And I have to... It was. Not to be have a love fest, but I had the same feeling when we were playing Party Hunks and Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this game. I even looked it up quick when it when it was <laughs> I was like, is this real? Then if I would have watched a little more, I probably would have realized it wasn't. But I was like, I have to check out this is a real game. Yeah, we're thinking about maybe making it a real game. But Alex got so Alex was so captivating in that scene that I had the same feeling. I was like, wow, she's good. Like I was really like, oh my god, like she brings you brought so much heart to it. So I think it was for me, it was such a fun uh, process because I was with 
yeah, it was so fun because we were so, it was just basically us two for most of the movies. So it was so yeah. intense to, ha- to, to love working with the other person was really gratifying and helpful. Oh, yeah. And from yeah. where I was sitting, watching the monitor, it was just fucking such a treat. Pardon my French. It was so exciting to watch these performances. Like, oh, my God, this is the movie. I'm watching the movie, and it's, and it's good, and they're so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a very – I mean, it was, it was definitely a labor of love with an emphasis on labor. <laughs> but there, there was also such a palpable excitement that everybody shared – yeah, and, and everybody would like it was a labor of love for anyone for everyone. So anytime that it, you know it did become like you know our batteries, our personal batteries are running low, or we're gonna have to like do this extra prep tonight, or right, right. Oh my more, God. all this stuff. Um, yeah, like credit is this art director, but Alex did the paintings that you see on the wall and the the horse and the sledgehammer. So we all just had to band together and do all of the jobs, you know. Yeah, but it, but I, I I mean I love making movies like that. Also, it's it's extremely gratifying, and it's a we had such a nice little community with our our because it was a tiny crew. I mean, it was only like what eight or nine of us. If that really, if, it was if small. That, yeah, yeah, it was. And most of the time, it was like a core of five people. Yeah, 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 which helped to move things along too. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it was really great. And for people who haven't seen it yet, it's primarily, you know, the both of you, the two characters, and uh, there's another character and stuff. But uh, so it's important <laughs> that both of them have to be, you know, sp- uh, you know perfect for the film or it's not going to work. And uh, like you said, we have so much chemistry together. And, yeah, we worked yeah. out. Yeah. We did, yeah. In a way, chemistry is a weird word because it's like there's a, there's like a lot of tension between the two characters right away. Like, you could feel, it's, you know, very awkward, their relationship. Right, anti-chemistry yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's a great word, actually, anti-chemistry. Uh-huh. And, and also, I think there's like I think that's a very female thing is to be to want to have intimacy mm-hmm. even with someone you feel is your enemy or your you know you yeah. want to you have you need you still seek connection, which I think is really fun that we explored. Like yeah. on a, on one level, I think Linda just likes hanging out with her. You know, she's yeah. lonely, but she also well, she has that line, right? She's yeah, like, I, I think that through far ahead. I just I just wanted to <laughs> hang out with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is also cool. The idea that Linda didn't necessarily want it to go this way was really just. She's confused. She, yeah, she's yeah. confused and she's she's extremely hurt and she's having to face some very ugly truths about the reality of her life. And my God, I mean, what better reason to seek companionship than that? <laughs> From your antagonist. <laughs> From your edit. Well, especially that. And I think that's something that's very unique to women as well is the need to sort of befriend their enemies and not not for necessarily a nefarious reason, but it's you know it's it's that whole like we want to make it better, we want to <laughs> yeah. we don't want anyone's feelings to be hurt, and and which is kind of why Michelle ends up in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later in the movie, you can feel that like uh, you know what what is the motivation here for for Michelle? Oh, there's when you start to open up to Linda, and it does feel like there is more than just you know you want to get out of the situation. Absolutely. She's also on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> also very altered. So. No, not 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 uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
As far as I know, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I, I and the, they were long days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention also that the movie uh, is available today. So yeah. Great. We did it. We, we did, did it. it yeah. almost, almost two years to the day that we, we oh, wrapped yeah. shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Canada Day. Yeah. Dunk. I know. <laughs> The day my bike got stolen, I came home from set and my bike was stolen. <laughs> oh, I remember oh, that. I was yeah, devastated. Yeah. You lost a bike. I was like my dad's bike in the 70s. Oh, I remember. Oh. Oh. Which I biked to set with every day because Precious lived yeah. pretty close. So it was a hop, skip, and a jump. Oh, my God. And do you remember, Alex, do you remember when you were like, shouldn't I have my handcuffs off at this point? Oh. Oh, we're getting into spoiler territory. Yeah, we're getting into spoiler territory. Yeah. But there was a big, like, oh, we should have established this, like, three days ago. We made a big Alex mis- thought a continuity thing that was like... <laughs> it didn't, it, in the end, it, it didn't just... really matter, but at the time, no. we were, like, the last day of shooting, or second <laughs> to last day, we were, I just started laughing hysterically yeah. at this second floor. I was like, oh my god, we, it was such an Ed Wood moment. It oh, was, I was He was really... laughing because she cracked. Because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really reticent to bring it up once I realized, I was like, oh god, but I have to, we have to think of something. Certainly needed dealing with. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. But in the cut, I mean, you don't even notice. It was, oh. Yeah. That's a, it that's saved us tearing Precious's ceiling. Yes. <laughs> it did. It oh, did. God. Yeah, your poor house. <laughs> your poor, poor house. So it was filmed at your house. It's yeah, it was filmed yeah. in my house. My boyfriend left for two weeks to go on vacation. We had a very tight in and out. Yeah. And then uh, my son's bedroom is where Alex, Alex gets uh, locked up. So he was like, what's happening? He was oh, 12. That, that. He was 12. He would come home from school and be like, oh, my God, what is this over? <laughs> but Jack was already pretty used to uh, Precious sketches from Sex and the Single Parent. So he was yeah, always yeah. being called upon to act against his will. He's, he's savvy. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, he wasn't yeah. that thrown by it. Actually, I while we're on the subject, I would highly recommend checking out Sex and the Single Parent because it's very funny and eerily relevant. <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> one? Oh, uh, what is it? It or them? They. They. <laughs> Still my favorite. I don't favorite. know if it, age, if it dates. If it I know. Dates so I think well. it's. I think I. It I ages think... <laughs> <laughs> like a fine line. Brilliant. Like a fine line. Like a nice cheese. Uh, it doesn't always age well. Very stinky now. <laughs> no, oh, mm. I love it. I'm gonna share it. Actually, now that I think about it. Oh no! Where can you see that, by the way? Um, they're on Funny or Die, or our YouTube channel, Sex and the Single Parent. Precious, did you take down a bunch of them while we're on the subject? Sorry, I know this is an interview program. <laughs> uh, no, no, we didn't. But like, um, uh, one of Bad Sex got taken down. I think it got taken because that's the one I'm looking no. for. Bad Sex yeah, and Good one. Sex are the most edgy and yeah, not really okay. But Bad yeah. Sex so and Good okay. Sex funny got censored. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, off topic. But yeah, you can find them <laughs> on Funny or Die, Sex and the Single Parent, or we have our own channel. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll check those out. Or send me an email, and I'll send you the, uh, the canceled <laughs> episodes. <laughs> uh, here in the chat, actually, Andre uh, uh, Chiris says that bad sex is hilarious. They love that particular. <laughs> you said that? Uh, Somebody Andrea who knows? Uh, Chiris. 
Cool. Thanks, Not Andre. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame that that was taken down. The <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So it's uh, Homewrecker is a great uh, balance of, uh, of comedy and also, I don't know if horror is the right word, but uh, uh, brutality and stuff in the movie. It's in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Elements uh, for sure. Was, uh, when, you're, when you're making the movie, writing the movie, uh, is that a mind that you don't want to go too far c- comedy or, you know, to balance that out? Well, it was always, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was always meant to be humorous. Mm-hmm. It was always oh, meant to be a comedy that, that is also disturbing and, you know, yeah, uh, kind of uh, totally for me, yeah. upends the rock, you know what I mean? <laughs> but also, yeah. if I can get real transparent for a second, like, horror is one of these genres that it doesn't need to be a good movie to still sell tickets. So, so many people resort to horror for that reason alone it's commercial appeal simply for its genre so i was always and i'm still appealed to wearing horror like a costume to sneak in a fucking <laughs> melodrama yeah. <laughs> you know well it, it seems to, it's such a great genre to be subversive and to talk about things in an entertaining way and my com my favorite comedy is uncomfortable dark humor and it, it it really lent itself to that story and i forgot to say this before like there were certain things like zach was like yeah she has a sledgehammer on her wall and i was like oh my god and then it, so from those we and and he had certain like action beats that happened at the end if you watch it you'll see so it was almost like we had to create a story and characters from these crazy elements that helped us sort of to decide who these people were which really was fun and it helped it a lot actually totally wall decor to work (laughs) that way (laughs) there's a couple hammers there's a small yeah there's a little hammer yeah thank you 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 really watched the movie i love yeah i love (laughs) it love to foreshadow we do yeah. <laughs> I think word of advice for anyone: if you go to their house and they just have a giant sledgehammer in the wall, it's probably a bad idea to be designed <laughs> to stay longer. Apparently, they just need a friend. <laughs> uh, I know Trista loved the movie too. Did you have uh, something you wanted to ask? I did love the movie very much. Um, like I said before, we went live. I went in a huge f- fan of Alex's, and and I came out a fan of all of yours. The, the I can't wait to watch it again. Um, it makes for a good second watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mm. Um, I bet it does because uh, it's uh, it's so entertaining. It, it's really palatable, you know. Yeah. Um, I also have a very dark sense of humor. So, you know, not a lot of things make me laugh out loud, but it, it's super funny. Awesome. Um, I have a question for Precious about the, um, you know, your character. I think one of the reasons it's so effective is because it's played with real earnestness. Earnestness, earnesty, you know, you're earnest, whatever I'm saying. <laughs> and, um, Important. <laughs> so yeah. I think... Uh, I th- you actually derive empathy, and so that's very effective. I'm wondering if you had a difficulty, like, adjusting the temperature with that or, or finding that, you know, how to how to play it exactly. Oh, um, yeah, I think, I think that I related to Linda a lot. Like, a lot of Linda is me exaggerated, those feelings of, like, feeling you know, invisible and worry and, and growing up at a certain time. And so I felt like for me, that was like the gift of Linda was like bringing her heart to it and sort of having the heart uh, underneath the crazy, which helps it 
be more effective. Um, yeah, there were moments where I was like, oh, I, you know, before we shot, I was like, either the, the stay, like the song moment is either going to make or break this movie. Like if, if this is, but I was also really excited about how it's going to play. So I think that was the time where I was a little bit worried. Like, are we going too far in parody? Should I look in the camera? Yeah, All yeah. those things. So, um, but I'm glad we took those risks because I feel like it really, you really go into the fantasy with her, which is what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, and then you see Alex in a closet. Yeah, it's, that a great read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like with poor Lisa Loeb with a person kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fantasy and the reality of the situation. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's also stuff like that, that makes the film so unique as well. There, there's really, there aren't really any other films I would compare it to. There are certain, avenues and chapters throughout the film that I, I w- was really excited about because it's very original, you know, it's really, uh, it's really kind of new territory. I don't see a lot of people lip syncing like sappy nineties love songs, <laughs> no. especially in the lip syncing. That's Precious's wonderful voice. That's, that's... <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Yes. I beg your pardon, Precious. No, no, it's fine. I wish it was lip syncing. Well, a compliment for exactly. you. Then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love your voice. Yeah. Uh, I do too. <laughs> you have issues with it. I know Precious, but it's wonderful. It, uh, thank it works thank you. Exactly. Thank you. And Precious had mentioned earlier about using that song. So was that always like the, the hope to be able to use uh, that particular song? It was only Lisa Loeb. That was like, it wasn't like we had a top five list. It was like, we were in our, we were in Precious's kitchen, I remember. And we, we just, we needed some kind of fantasy sequence. And for a while, we were actually thinking about doing this like dance girl dance thing, Dorothy Asner's dance girl dance, where maybe she had a poster on her wall and we like, did a fantasy sequence that way. And I guess the idea of the music video came and it's such a perfect, like teen heartbreak moment to bring it. it, It's such such an iconic video. I remember that video so well. Ethan Hawke directed it. It's so like. And we watched the music video and like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the way, and the, and the, and the earnestness of it. Like that, I think when you talk about earnestness, that's the earnestness of Linda is that song and, and, and Lisa Loeb. And so, yeah, we, that was a big part of our budget. Like we were like like embarrassingly childish, but totally sincere. Yeah. So that was like a commitment. So yeah, it was a very, um, we we committed to that song. Well, and to what Zach said, it, it really does reveal so much of how arrested Linda's development is. <laughs> how very immature she is and how much she is like has a maturational age of whenever that song came out. You know what I mean? But all, also, actually, a giant influence on this film is, you know, as anybody who watches it will know, is like a lot of uh, girl films of the 80s. And, uh, and one of the biggest ones was Adventures in Babysitting which begins with Elizabeth Shue, you know, singing the crystals and they kiss me in the mirror into her airbrush. And I was always so excited by the notion of that character 20 years later, washed out from a life of heartbreak, still singing into the mirror where it all went wrong, wondering where it all went. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I love. Oh, the it's board. so tragic. I know. I think we mentioned it before uh, we went live, but I love the board game in the movie. And actually, when uh, when it came up, I, I did Google it to see if it was real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so my dad said that as well when he was watching the movie, and I'm like, 
dad, that's your daughter on the box. That's my sister <laughs> in like last photo in 1994 on the box of Party Hacks. Uh, and this is the perfect time to actually bring up, I wouldn't necessarily have brought this up, but um, this film is basically dedicated to my sister. I say this all the time because for her birthday and holidays, I would buy her, I was a giant VHS collector, so I assumed that's what anybody wanted. So I would buy her like Labyrinth and Girls Just Want to Have Fun, I bought her and Adventures in Babysitting. And it's her birthday today in Japan, today in Japan, tomorrow in Canada. And I get to buy her fucking homewrecker. Oh, awesome. oh wow. That's, that's, that's very sweet. Yeah. Will we, will we get a VHS so. release? Uh, we're thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, we were thinking about making Party Hunks a real game, and it's like, <laughs> if we did that, does that mean we would need to have the VHS accompaniment, like, on VHS? Do people need a VCR <laughs> to play Party Hunks? It's funny you mention that, because uh, I've played, uh, you remember the old VCR game, Nightmare? Of course. Yeah, so uh, I played that uh, recently uh, when you can actually go to festivals and stuff. And uh, someone, which you probably shouldn't do, but someone uploaded the, the VCR part to YouTube. So you can actually play along if you don't have a working... Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's a, that's a one way of doing it. No, we want to make people work for this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, if it comes out, I would be totally down to, to playing this sometime with, with Trista. Okay. Video. That would be a great that episode. Be, yeah. <laughs> If she if she's interested, I don't know. She might not. <laughs> We'd have to write a few more squares. I was really neurotic about making the game playable, so like you can sort of get through that game. It's a very clunky play, but but those games usually are. It, it, yeah, it, it is playable. Oh God, I'll never forget being on set and Precious and I figuring out how we're gonna look like we're playing this game. Oh my God! Like, what are the steps gonna be, and like who rolls when, and what? Is I've only had one viewer say like, um, I had a problem with the party hunk scene. It was not Michelle's <laughs> turn. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Sorry. <laughs> we had so, yeah, we had like pages of dialogue and we're yeah. playing this game. And we had and we had like two hours to do it. Like literally yeah. no time. It, it was, was crazy. the most scenes of the film. I know. Yeah. Yeah, every single one of our days, it was like, if we don't make our day, we're so We're so worried. <laughs> Well, you mentioned people talk about that scene. Uh, I know it's kind of early yet, but what has uh, what's the feedback been like for Home Records so far? Great. Uh, everyone that I've talked to loves it. Yeah. They, yeah. What, I, what I like is just that people either love it or hate it, and I <laughs> never want to make a movie where people are like, it's okay. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take either love totally. or hate. I yeah. don't want those middling reviews. Yeah, it's true. They do. It's like they either really jump on board or they're like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> any yeah. any emotional reaction is a good one. Yeah, I it's true. Yeah. I just said them a uh, show recently. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, you don't want anyone just going, eh. That's yeah, exactly. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about the use of split screen? Well, you know, you don't see it uh, too often in, uh, in, in modern movies, and it totally works in homework. Um, yeah, I guess when I was making the, the shot list, um, I'm, a, I'm a giant uh, Brian De Palma fan. Uh, my favorite movie is Phantom of the Paradise. Um, not that he doesn't have split screen all over, but I think my 
single favorite split screen in Brian De Palma, thank you for asking, is uh, is like the scene <laughs> where the juicy fruits are on the stage and there's the bomb in, in the trunk. I love that scene so much. But anyway, I actually have to give credit to the Royal Cinema because a f- while I was doing my shot list, uh, Friggin' Sisters was playing at the Royal. So even though I own that film, I hopped on my bicycle and I went to go see Sisters and I'm watching the split screen. I'm like, Here, this film is a two-hander. There's all sorts of wall separations. I'm like, am I justified in using split screen? Do I get to use split screen? And it felt right, so... Yeah, I like the use of split screen even then when the characters are in the same room. Like it goes from like they're in different rooms and they're in the same room, but they're still using Well, it's nice to see their real-time reactions to what's being said. Yeah. Uh, just about that, like is that, uh, is that difficult at all to act when you're like in two different rooms when you're not necessarily like looking at each other? I mean, sometimes we weren't even talking to each other. Yeah. Okay. Which happens a lot on any set. It's it's pretty common. Sometimes you just, because of space or whatever, you have to kind of fill in the gaps in your imagination. Yeah, one time Fresh had a dentist appointment and Alex was talking to our stunt person. Yeah. Who gave a very good reading of Linda, might I add. Good, yeah, good she did actually. Yeah, it helped a lot. Um, but sometimes you have to know how to just... But we would also, I mean, again, because we were we had to move along at, at a, such a brisk clip, you would kind of get into the momentum anyway. Yeah. So whatever comes at you, you can roll with the punches because you're already in it. You're already doing it. was it. very challenging editing when they weren't talking to each other because the pace was wrong and that was technically not yeah. okay. But again, yeah. it ended up okay. And that's the kind of thing that normally, I mean, if you have like a big budget or something, you just go back and do reshoots or whatever. But we had, we had none of those uh, luxuries <laughs> at all. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty, it's even more remarkable when you think about it, just how fantastic the finished product is. It's true. You at, doing this movie, I was like, I learned an appreciation for everyone's job on a real movie set. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's why they have that job. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why there's a script supervisor. Yes, that's yes. why there's a prop master. Yes. yes. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, god. but but it, that's why there's a makeup artist and a hair person and like <laughs> the continuity of her. Oh my god. Head. Yeah, it's like. Where's Precious? We need her on set. She's like doing Alex's makeup or something. <laughs> I'm set decking the next room. Yeah, our set yeah. decking the next room. We're like, oh, I gotta redo my hair because it got wet. So yeah. wait oh. 35 minutes for me to blow what it dry. Day is it? And, what day is it? Yeah, wait, yeah. which day is it again? Or like, yeah, what this- time of day? I mean, I think we went into the movie thinking, okay, one location. We're going to shoot it in sequence. It'll be like improv central. We'll like get to like Cassavetes it up and then yeah. after Which like four days yeah. four days and then we were like well if we want to finish this movie we need to yeah. like start start getting crazy well, about it and it's crazy to think that I mean those things did make it easier for sure we would have been in very deep trouble if we hadn't yeah. had one location and oh yeah in oh yeah and having like all those things that we did like oh my yeah. god 
we spent the first four days exploring and taking our time and really <laughs> yeah. like savoring it. And then at the end of day four, Amanda, our production manager was like, you guys, we're screwed if we keep up at this pace. And then by the end of it, by the last day, we're shooting like the most important things of the film. I haven't slept in days on like yeah. zero brain capacity. And it was just such a hilarious contrast to like the early days of the shoot. But then, but then by then we all knew each our characters. And it's like, I think... You know, we just have to trust that the process serves the finished product because mm-hmm. there's an acceleration and there's a the intensity. I mean, we didn't shoot in sequence, but by the end we were shooting the later scenes. So it, I think yeah. it all gave it energy and craziness, and for you know, sure, and think it helps it. And I've always like also physically challenging stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Dan. Totally. Oh no, no. I, well, I was gonna say I've I've always been on the mind of the mind that like, especially for performance specifically. I mean, it's very important to be rested like properly rested but it's good to be tired it's good to have that thing that kind of it helps to take away your inhibitions so you don't like censor or edit your because a lot of actors do that obviously it's like the the id and the super ego at odds with each other trying to protect you you have to like yeah get rid of all of that i mean you want to do anything interesting get rid of that it's, yeah, it's exactly. true, and I think there's something, especially for me, it was like having all these hats and trying to do so much. You, I literally had no time to really think about it. I couldn't yeah. be like, oh, I want to do it this way. It was just like, let's just go, 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 do it. And I think that was helpful, really, to not yeah. overthink it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned stunt coordinator and, and mentioned a uh, you know, uh, physical film. I mean, there's like some really good fight scenes and stuff, so what were they like to film? Because it looks like a lot of that uh, – is both of you actually, you know, in the scene? It is. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. Especially the stuff at the window and, like, on the piano was my favorite. Um, but the, going down the stairs was exhilarating as well because we, we just put a bunch of mattresses and yeah. pillows on the stairs, and I just... I wouldn't use the word exhilarating. I would use the word terrifying. <laughs> oh, for you guys, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, true. It's not... Uh... Yeah. We were, we were responsible. We were, we, uh, we were responsible. Sarah Murphy Dyson, our, uh, our stunt specialist who came in and offered her expertise for two important days, uh, gave, gave us advice and really good coaching on how to break up uh, a movement into, like, eight little shots that we can cut together yeah. real quick and eight safe on their own shots. But, mm-hmm. but Alex did topple backwards into a bunch of mattresses. Yeah. And I'm, I would, I would lie if I didn't say it was kind of fun. And then the last scene where we were really fighting in my bedroom, that oh. was kind of a free for all. Yeah, no we, <laughs> we, no couldn't, we couldn't afford Sarah. So it was kind of like, <laughs> we're like, you did this thing. And yeah, it kind of worked for that. Oh, because totally. it was keep yelling the whole time. <laughs> With that Whenever. song, I love that. Oh, I love it's so good. I'm that's that might be my favorite fight scene in the movie. Yeah, because it's yeah. so like, frenetic and ridiculous. And, it's, and we're both, our characters are both so tired at that point <laughs> that we're like, huh. Yeah. And like Precious's exercise blue thing being used as rope. And, yes. Oh, and her dildo. Oh. My dildo. Yeah, the dildo. <laughs> I don't know if that joke registers that much. Like I, I would get that insert. I would reshoot that insert where you yeah. grab the dildo. And like, Make it land a little. Yeah. But the people that have noticed have mentioned it to me and thought it was funny. 
One other moment in that scene while we're on the topic is one of my favorite jokes when we were writing the script was when Linda was pretending to be Bobby having sex with her. Like, oh, Bobby, I love you yes. so much. Oh, Linda. But that joke, when we saw it in theaters, like, it never seemed to land. And I was always but kind Zach, of Zach, I, I, someone I talked to in this an interview. Oh, okay, go ahead. And it, and it started getting shouted out. And I felt so, like, vindicated is the wrong word. But I'm like, finally, appreciation for, like, <laughs> one of my favorite jokes in the film. Yeah. Uh, so uh, both the characters are re- really relatable, and I think it gives me a different look at being nice to, to people that, ask that, that I don't want to necessarily talk to if I'm out in public somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You don't know where they're Yeah. Going, but. I kind of was saying this to Neil before we started, that it's the, it's the double-edged sword of kindness and encouragement. <laughs> like, you don't want someone to feel bad, but you also don't want them to follow you home. Right. right. But also, yeah. I would extend that to our, our third character in the film, Robert. Yes. You know, I feel I, one of the yeah. things we wanted to do is that the film sets, sets you up, sets the audience up to hate this guy. And maybe you still hate what he did, but ideally, what walks through the do- door, lo and behold, is a, a human being who makes mistakes like everybody yeah. else, like the other two yeah. characters. And wants to That's do the right thing and does film, love his exactly. wife. Yeah. So yeah. if we didn't love all three of the characters, this wouldn't be the same film. Mm-hmm. I completely yeah. agree. There's a lot of the movie where I just want both the, you know, you're kind of rooting for the two characters to actually just become friends and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. play board games and watch. To just play party, party hunks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just play party hunks and like, I'll get you the help you need. <laughs> you know, you'll I'll be there for you. Well, exactly. Also like my favorite moment, I've said this uh, one or two times, but when Michelle hugs Linda and it's su- and it comes from such a genuine place, I feel like that's a real peak of the film. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it is. It's a nice pause in all of the kind of chaos and, and humor. Mm-hmm. Right. They've both let down their, you know, their artifices and their walls, and they're just, like, actually finally legit relating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned uh, uh, seeing it in theaters. So, uh, did you get to see it with audiences? Yeah, at Fantastic Fest, we saw it. And it was amazing. That was really fun. Um, yeah, we had a good fest run. A, a lot we of did. Venues, so a lot. Very, very special, each one. Yeah, yeah. So, it was fun. It's, it's a good mid. And I think at Fantastic Fest, it was a midnight showing. So, that it's a good midnight show because it's that not one was too. Crazy. That was, that the was most crazy. One, yeah. Sure. Yeah, so we did um, see. Oh, sorry, Precious. No, remember. I'm done. I'm done. I was going to say, I uh, I hate to say it, I woefully have not seen it with an audience yet. Um, partly because I, I I started working around the same time that it was making its rounds. Um, so I, and then of course COVID. So hopefully that changes soon, and I can actually see it with an audience, which would be nice. Well, my fingers are crossed that this becomes a cult film, and that yeah. we're celebrating the five-year, ten-year anniversary. I'm sure it will. Yeah, I have no doubt. I, I, I feel that way about this film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, what are you guys doing right now? Uh, you know, during uh, during this weird time. Oh gosh. Uh, Let's talk about I, your movie, Homer. Yeah, Uh, I'm hopefully going back to work in a month, which is really exciting. Uh, I'm about to. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I guess um, now they they have all these like regulations. 
questions about working on sets and stuff and a lot of steps to go through. And I think SAG is reviewing those things right now. Every character has a face mask. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be something like that. Um, Like face mask will be necessary unless you are currently in a scene with somebody. And even then, yeah, I think anything like kissing or anything like that is is off the table um, as well. But uh, but yeah, apart from that, uh, I started working on getting a degree. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I found this thing. because I've been wanting to go back to school for a long time, and my friend sent me this thing called Coursera, for anyone out there who's, who's curious. Um, it connects you to uh, all sorts of courses being offered at different universities, and it's the same uh, syllabus and curriculum. That's and awesome. That. It's so great. I, I recommend it very highly uh, to anybody who's interested. Very cool. Yeah. I've just been writing a lot. I was hoping to direct something uh, this summer, but that kind of is put on hold, but hopefully next summer. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so just working and writing and trying to, uh, you know, think about the next project. Um, I am currently in Tokyo, uh, Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's, I, I, so pretty freakish how I ended up here. I, we were invited to the Australian Fantastic Fest, so I went to Australia. I'd never been. Um, and then, uh, without getting into it, I convinced Built to Spill, who did the score for Homewrecker, to let me do a music video for their new record, which is a Daniel Johnston cover record. So I made a music video for uh, a Built to Spill song, which is out. You can watch the song. Oh, Congratulations! Yeah, thank you so much. With Tomoko, who you know. Oh, that's so awesome. I've, I've been kicking it with Tomoko for the last bunch of months. Oh, and now cool. my final days are just in this hotel room. We're finishing this record we've been making. Um, I have like one day to finish the rest of the guitar parts and stuff. And, uh, and Tomoko and I also made a short film. And then it's off to Osaka tonight. Nice. Very cool. Aww. Uh, speaking of the okay. score, uh, I really like the uh, the score of the film. You know, that's just the, the the music that you know. But there's a little like um, one score that's kind of used throughout the whole film, and it seemed to me that it gets a little more like warped as the movie went on. <laughs> is that true, uh, or is it just my imagination? Yeah, I mean, um, so my you know Doug March of Build a Spill is my friggin' hero as a person, as a musician, and all that, and uh, the fact that he agreed to to make the music for this film is like, I'll, ne- I'll never get over it in my entire life. But uh, I went to Boise, Utah, Boise, Idaho, where he lives. I started in Utah, I was at Sundance, and I took a bus to Boise, and we spent like four days in this studio, and I guess my instructions going in, or, or, or vision, beyond the fact that like maybe uh, Neil Young, what up, Neil, um, doing the score for Dead Man, like a guitar-driven score was maybe what it what we could do but again in keeping with the adventures and babysitting idea like the crystals and then he kissed me i was like what if our music sounded like the crystals and then he kissed me like hung over 20 years later depressed after a life gone wrong and uh and so we started playing with that and like the chords are very uh typical melodrama like c dun, 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 like c a minor f G, uh, but 
Doug, who's this genius for tone, this tonal genius, uh, he can't play anything and not make it sound completely unique. And you can just tell it's Doug no matter what he's playing. So just putting that idea through his filter just came up with the most wonderful results. So, you know, sometimes those chords sound really really soft and sympathetic and pretty like when they're playing party hugs, but sometimes it's real, real ugly, like when stuff's getting ugly. So it was real fun sort of taking the same idea and applying it to so many different emotional situations throughout the film. Yeah, it totally worked. I, I like, uh, I was a lot of, uh, Krista, did you have something to ask? I'm sorry to take all the questions. Oh, no, it's okay. I, I will say quickly, Precious, you mentioned a uh, set deck, and I really enjoyed the colors and the kitsch. It was really oh. fun to look at. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of it is just my house. Do you have a hammer on the wall at home? No, oh. that I don't. I took that down. Um, but yeah, some of, this, some of the stuff here, I'll show you. Like this stayed. It's still oh. in my house. Um, much to my boyfriend's dismay. He's I like, but I, I like it. So, yeah. Thank you. A lot of it is just my taste, but a little bit exaggerated. I mean, if we had the time and money, I, I would have liked to have made it more hoardery, like piles of magazines and more. But we just didn't. But it's okay. It worked out. I like it as soon as when you when you get to the house and he's like, oh, you know, it's like a painting. Is that your son? And you're like, no. Yeah, <laughs> it never goes, you know, to who it is. Or anything. Are those your grandparents? <laughs> no. yeah. 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 Those are my grandparents, by the way. Oh, they are, really. <laughs> oh, my favorite moment is when in the collage, all those, some of those collages are really my collages that we spruced up. Oh, okay. But, like, my favorite is, like, I think um, – I have a picture of me shaking hands with Obama. <laughs> yeah. That's a good laugh, especially because it's in such a dramatic moment. Yeah. And that was another thing that really excited us about the, the film, just throwing in jokes into like high drama. Yeah. And, uh, and earlier I, I alluded to my, one of my favorite scenes in the film being the climax of Party Hunks. But my other favorite is in the shrine in the scene we're talking about where Linda deals Michelle her death blow and it's both a comical joke, but the way Alex internalizes it and acts it just breaks my heart every time. And it's, it's such a wonderful contrast that is like what I want to do in my career all the time. Mm -hmm. Aww, thanks, man. Yeah. I love, I love the contrast too and everything. Cause there's a lot of, uh, it's, you think the movie's like, not necessarily lighthearted, but it's, you know, not going to be quite as brutal as it becomes. And then you get, you know, the brutality and then during the brutality, you get jokes. So I, I like the, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. The difference. There's my favorite is right at the very end. Like I won't give it away, but uh, even the very end scene, is a joke, which I thought was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, my favorite is uh, the magnet collage on the fridge. <laughs> I think that says more about Linda than, than anything else. <laughs> so, is that your real magnet collage? No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no offense. <laughs> no, but like, you know, we were, we were pretty much self-produced because I, and magnets are expensive. So I was like e Facebook messaging people, do you have magnets? So I had to like borrow all these fridge magnets from a bunch of people. <laughs> we also went to like a lot of thrift stores and we like bought other board games and Andrew Barr uh, and Tim Reed sort of did a joint effort making party hunks. And so we took their art and printed it onto 
existing oh, board yeah. games. And I think like the game pegs, like it should be like a blonde or brunette and another yeah. problematic character in the game. Um, but they're just like, I think they're game pegs from Frozen, some Frozen board game, and you yeah. did nothing to them. Like it's just Frozen. Board <laughs> <pegs>. <laughs> I'm a big fan of board games in general. I actually have some here on the, on the bookshelf behind See, me. I think there's a market for it. Maybe the one year anniversary will make Party Hunks the board game. Yeah, they've <laughs> come back and write the rest right. of the books. Yeah. They've come back in recent years, which I'm happy about. So, uh, so I think a, a problematic board. board game would be very funny right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have to you have to make uh, some rules for it so people can play like over Zoom or Skype. Yeah. 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 Make it a, it's a, it would be a good drinking game or something like that. Like yeah. 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 Make sure you end up with a Dylan and not a Nigel. <laughs> a Chad. Uh-huh. Yeah. A Chad. Chad's and not an Abraham. Abraham, he's religious. He's really excited to say this line, which was very, that was, very funny. That was Zach's. He came up with he's religious, and I could. Every, I love it. So makes good. me laugh so much. Uh, uh, and my favorite I, in that scene is Precious's delivery of Nigel. His family's poor. She gets like a little <laughs> smug satisfaction about the fact that his family's poor. <laughs> Yeah, it's great because you feel both sympathy for her, you feel bad for her different times, but also there's times like that you're just like, oh, she's not. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of, uh, she's a jerk. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Scott wants to know, uh, uh, what's the first uh, movie or story that uh, made all of you uh, fans of the horror genre? Oh, good question. I think we all love The Shining individually for our own unique reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's definitely the one that scared the bejesus out of me when I was like eight or ten. Yeah, because of how surreal it is. It's like yeah. not blood and guts. It's just a eerie, ethereal, it's all atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, it really. That one was. I was like, oh, horror can be. I don't know, high art. I guess it could be work sure. on that level. Yeah, I didn't actually see The Shining until I was like maybe thirteen or fourteen. Um, but the, the first one for me that really scared me as a child was probably like, like the dark crystal or something, which is not a horror movie, but that was the first time I was like afraid. Yeah, the golden 80s when kids' movies could scare the crap out of you. Like, yeah. You love them for it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was what was so engaging about them. Yeah. 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 I think the kids' movies then weren't kid movies because I don't think kids necessarily want to watch, you know, kids' movies or what you would think. We did. Well, they don't, yeah, kids don't want to be condescended to. Right. My parents parents were hippies. They took me to everything. I saw everything way too young. I think a lot of... Precious, you want to tell your Thumbelina story? (laughs) Oh, yeah, my parents... Don't do it. No, it's 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 like family lore. When I we have a, a joke that my parents, this is awful. But when you my read parents, this in Tommy Chong's autobiography, by the way. When I was three years old, my parents dropped acid and took me to see Thumbelina. This is like cartoon. And freaked out. And, and freaked out. The adult. And I was like, I was so little that I, you know, when you're so little, you stand in a movie theater. So I was standing yeah. watching the movie, and I would. My parents were laughing hysterically, and I was like, shh, like telling them to be quiet because i just want to enjoy my movie um 
Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I saw, like, <laughs> I saw The Godfather and The Taxi Driver. I mean, I saw everything way too young. Uh, so I'm, a lot- actually, I'm actually the same way. I was yeah. watching movies since I was, like, five. And my mom <laughs> but, you know, the gold, the, was, yeah. The golden 80s, you know, where before where there was no PG-13, so movies yeah. were either PG or restricted, and everything in between was just terrifying but available. Yeah. Like, or, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, I saw a Taxi Driver as well, very young. And, uh, See? Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a generation of pe- like people that <laughs> are scarred from the oh, 70s. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or, turned, or not. It turned out totally or, fine. <laughs> yeah. Or very cool and creative people. <laughs> I mean, I did see Predator really young. I saw that when I was like seven or something like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Arnie was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I mean, in, in that genre, he's still one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. I mean, Alex and my film, Free to Go, our short film, which we talked about earlier in the conversation, is totally inspired by The Running Man. It's like, yes. a, it's a bit of a horror short version of The Running Tunics. Ex- Seek it out. It's, it's available. You're not embarrassed by. The, I think that's one of the most. I love free to go. I still show free to go to people. Yeah, free to go is well, also because of well. Uh oh no, you're not frozen. Okay. Um no, well, free to go is. Uh, I'm so proud of that. Still, um, Good. especially since it's early. Well, it's early, but also like all the cards were stacked against us making that thing. Um, well, the story of Free to Go is the legend. story of Free to Go Our is friendship. I mean, it would almost be worth making a, that into a short film. Oh, <laughs> did we go. lose Zach? Oh no, I think we might have lost Zach. Yeah, we did here. Hopefully, he'll be back. We, he will return. Yeah. Yes. Oh damn, Zach, where are you? I mean, yeah, I'm sure he can. He's in Tokyo. Now, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. oh. now he's out. Now he's Close enough. Flip it, Zach. Flip it. I'll have to watch what you said later. <laughs> oh, I, I was just saying we should make a we should make a short film about the making of Free to Go. It was so wrought with peril. Oh, oh okay. We're doing this thing. Ah, yay! Oh, no! <laughs> do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway <laughs> you said you know you made you filmed the movie two years ago so um what what happened between those two years before you know getting the movie out what well, is happening i mean post-production yeah we we yeah. i mean we made we had enough money to make it and then we had to make it get enough money to finish it and then this time last year is when we were get, getting ready to go to fantasia so then we've had yeah. a year to sort of tour it to the festivals and that were released. So, I mean, it seems like a long time in a way, but in a way it was like 2018, we made it 2019, it was festivals and now we're here. So, which is a pretty normal trajectory for, especially for independent films. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I mean, and yeah, and my goodness, we, I, I'm, this is beyond my wildest expectations to be here. So, yeah. Oh Yeah. You mean on the show, right? <laughs> on yeah. your show. Oh. We made it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to cut that part out and play it. <laughs> so it's a look like I'm looking at my phone. It, it, I am, but I'm not being rude. I'm just looking at the questions because it's easier than looking on my computer. Uh, Scott Bradley wants to know, uh, actor. he doesn't believe actors get uh, respect 
enough for the horror genre, and Alex uh, deserved an Oscar for Starry Eyes. Uh, oh, what- wow. Thanks, man. Todd and I talked about that on his show, actually. Oh, really? Because he has a horror podcast, and we talked all about how much we love you. That's true. And Starry Eyes. Oh, my God. Thanks, guys. I've heard that, too, from people who've watched Starry Eyes, uh, an actor I worked with. He was like, she should have got an Oscar for that. Yeah. Aw. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. He has a question, too. Very sweet. Oh, sure, yeah. But we might have lost that again. Uh, What performances in horror movies are underrated, in your opinion, and deserve more praise? Oh my gosh. Um, well, Isabella Adiani in Possession, Zalowski's Possession. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, this isn't strictly a horror film, but it is Nicholas Roeg. Oh, Don't Look Back? Well, actually, yeah, I was going to say Don't Look Back um, for Donald Sutherland, but also uh, Teresa Russell for Bad Timing, which is kind of a like romantic horror Oh, I haven't seen that. I just watched Don't Look Back. I just watched it with Jack. He wanted to see it. And then I forgot about the major sex scene. It's my son. And I was like, ooh, oh, wow. That always happens. My parents would show me a movie and then be like, oh, God, we forgot about this part. (laughs) He's 15. uh, But it's such a good movie. It's it's such a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, and Teresa Russell in in Bad Timing, you got to see Precious. Her it's one of my top five perform female performances. Ooh, I'm gonna check it out. Oh, she's so good. Um, I mean, my gosh, uh, I thought actually Jocelyn Donahue in House of the Devil was yeah. very yeah. Like the, the the movie got a lot of credit, but I don't think her performance really got enough. Um, I mean, geez, there's going to be people that I leave out of this answer just because I'm on the spot. But there, yeah, there are a lot of really fantastic performers. Or Maria Olsen, perfect example. She is a very, very talented character actress who is excellent in everything. Uh, She absolutely deserves more or, or Shelley Duvall in The Shining. I mean, oh my god, because everyone talks about Jack Nicholson, but she's yeah, amazing in it. Too, yeah, yeah and, and she's the thing that grounds his performance and and makes it feel not the 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 character's accent justified, but it makes the the performance feel justified. Mm-hmm. She brings this sort of weird, otherworldly, like yeah, left serial. field Shelley Duvall thing. Yeah, th- that is so simple and then you're like what's happening like it's it's it's, like so ephemeral like you feel like you're scared for her you're so scared for her you're like oh you're scared for her she did not mentally i know now she's not doing so which is just anyways it's it's terrible even at the time it was a very traumatizing experience i believe Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, she had uh, she like under doctor's orders. She needed like a week and a half to just be in bed after filming that the the bat scene, that famous bat scene that was like, right. hundred. God can only days. imagine what a hundred takes of that will do you. I mean, it, it's it's torturous. You know, you it's know. really. I mean, my God, and and everything else, and it's funny because. It, like when you see interviews with her on set, she's very much aware of what Stanley Kubrick is doing and she understands why he's doing it. Um, but it, it takes a toll on you nonetheless. Sure. Uh, and especially back in that time where, you know, you, you kind of started having this trend in acting where everything was very extreme. You know, the method had become very popular and it was all like, we're really going to fight or we're really going right, to do right. this. Or, we're really going to, you know. Tougher. Fucking exactly. last Paris. 
Oh, God. Well, Last Tango in Paris. I mean, Raging Bull. Uh, you know, while Robert De Niro's performance is exceptionally brilliant in that film, him gaining weight and losing weight and all of this really kind of started this very unhealthy and I think disingenuous trend with <laughs> actors that... Yeah, exactly. And then it all becomes about, oh, they did this to get in. Yeah, right. They did that. You know, DiCaprio ate a bear. <laughs> oh, my God. Or he slept outside with all his assistants yeah. and his heat lamps. Like, I don't care what you <laughs> yeah, do. Right. I care if the performance yeah. is good or not. And it's it's almost like people get away with bad performances just because they do all of this extra stuff. <laughs> or bad I, behavior. Or bad behavior. Yes, I'm, I'm so glad that that blew up in Jared Leto's face. Uh, during Suicide Squad. For real. Oh, it, no, not all those people hate him. And I don't blame them, man. I would have attacked that guy if he sent me a bullet or a used condom in the mail. For real. Like, what the fuck do you think you're... Sorry, my... You know, no, you're right. <laughs> I, I was appalled. I was appalled. And they didn't... So when they made Birds of Prey, there was supposed to be a cameo of the Joker... And they just gave it to, like, a stunt guy or something. Amazing. <laughs> they wouldn't invite him back to set. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so. Creep Creep is a performance. You, you know that movie Creep? Yeah. Yes. I love Creep. Oh, it's, my God. And that's an underrated acting performance Very. for both to, of I them. I got to interview yeah. Mark Duplass and Patrick Bryce about Oh, cool. I, was, I was such a fan of it. It's the per. It's uh, it's like a movie where you watch it and you're like, oh my god, such a great idea, yeah, and they're yeah. so scary, and it's yeah. yeah. And it's some people called Homewrecker like a female creep. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I thought that was interesting. That. Yeah. Well, it definitely has that that element to it for sure. sure. Yeah. But I also love the way it kind of reinvented or not reinvented but it sort of reinvigorated the found footage thing exactly using using the the limitations to as part of the story and like and then and then the way technology works and how like you can just you know get a job off of craigslist at that time now it's a little different but all those things that came together and you're like yeah totally believable yeah uh, Zach, did you have any uh, underrated performances in horror that you want to mention? I don't think Paul Williams' Swan is underrated. <laughs> boy, do I love that. Uh, yeah, I'll come up with a wonderful answer, you know, as soon as we end our phone call. Right. <laughs> he's gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, he's That was so frustrating. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Only because you're like, I'm like getting to hear your thoughts about free to go. Like, wait, no, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your underrated performances, Zach, for a horror movie? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's hard on the spot. You're like, what? Because it's a good question, and you want a good answer. Want to have a good answer. I know. As soon as we all hang up, I'll think of a bunch. Yeah, we all will. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the movie's out today. Uh, uh, yes. On video on demand, is it also a physical copy? Uh, yeah, I think you can get DVDs on Amazon. Yeah, that, they made a DVD, the... which is so great. Yeah, we made a DVD. You can yeah, that I get to buy for my sister. Right. And um, <laughs> on all all sorts of uh, Zach, what are the ways you can watch the movie? Platforms. Oh shit! All right. Hold on, uh, I got it. I got my, it written down. <laughs> my crew makes fun of me because I have no answers for any of these questions. 
Delaney, our DOP, is always asking me questions. I'm like, what do you think I did? Produce this movie? I know. <laughs> so in the U.S., you can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Vudu, Fandango Now, Xbox, YouTube, Transactional, YouTube Transactional, DirecTV, Dish Network, and local cable providers. And then in Canada, Shaw, Rogers, Telus, MTS, in addition to iTunes, Google Play, Xbox, YouTube, Transactional, and YouTube Transactional, Fandango Now, and uh, Amazon for DVD. Bam. Very good. Will you, Precious? Will you send me that list so I can, so I can, yes. when, I, when I do a post, I can, I can list all that I'll, stuff. I'll send that to you right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, how has that uh, affected uh, independent filmmaking? The rise of all the different uh, streaming platforms. Uh. <laughs> I think it's I mean, good. <laughs> it, it's another double-edged sword. I think. I mean, it, it makes it easier for all films, regardless of their merit. So it's great if you have a good film and you want to push it, and it's not great because it, it kind of leads to overcrowding, you know? Yeah, and I don't want to, like, get into a tangent, but I, uh, you know, we're entering a culture of disposability and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Things are Shorter a little bit less special as a result, but that's yeah. just the way society's heading, and what can you do? Yeah, lots of muddying of the waters. And the positive thing, I think, for us, maybe in this time, for us, I think maybe this is the perfect time for this movie to to not have to compete in, like, movie theaters, but, like, we, you can just, word of mouth, yeah. people look, are, like, trying to find things to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the I, business is broken because you, like... If, if we were to release our film in theaters, like it would cost us money. It would not be yeah. to make money. It would essentially be like a, a marketing thing. But, you know, none, none of us on this film made this movie for the money. That would have been crazy naive. And even if yeah. we knew that it would potentially be successful, we still wouldn't have made it for the money. So a film lover like me makes it to ideally one day see it in the movie theater. But yeah and i mean i mean the thing that i've learned like and especially as even festivals like chattanooga and calgary underground went online it's still they still seemed very successful so there's a demand and a need for new content that's very niche and not just like whatever streaming on netflix and amazon prime and crave you know what i mean like there that's there and it's easy but there's people are also like looking to seek out new things which is great yeah, and that's always one of the big drivers also, like, of festivals is it's films that don't necessarily uh, fit in other genres. Exactly. And that's what I was about to say. Like Alex and I uh, grew up a bunch, or a lot of Alex's life was in Toronto, and so we put a lot of, uh, Lord knows I did, put a lot of time at TIFF Midnight Madness, oh, yeah. which was just like the, the holy room or whatever for seeing a movie. And there, uh, and the way it should be, it's all about watching a movie with the crowd, and yeah. feeding off of each other's excitement and all being in it together with these strangers. And one thing to be said for the homewrecker experience watching it in a theater, like for, for party hunks, when there's when you first start dropping hints that it's like a really warped game and it's the, the babysitter line, it was always so much fun to see who in the audience would laugh first, would pick yeah. up on the joke first. And it would always be this one little pocket and then the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get moments like that yeah. in this new platform age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think uh, horror and comedy are, are the best uh, genres to watch with a crowd because you can, you know, feed off of them. So a uh, home record would be perfect. It's a, yeah, uh, you know, both. 
So hopefully, I mean, uh, I would be so fun. I e- emailed Zach. I was like, let's do drive-ins. It's like the rebirth of drive-ins. So it would be so fun to, you know, maybe have a, a drive-in run of Homewrecker. Yeah. But I, I am confident. My mom went to, to see uh, Jaws tonight with her friend at the drive-in. Re- really? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. That's amazing. Uh-huh. I am confident one day we'll all be able to get together and see this film in a theater again and discuss this crazy thing we did 10 years ago. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, just some, uh, peop- a lot of people in the chat uh, echoing uh, what you guys just said. So that's very good. Uh, Tristan, do you have anything else? I'm sorry. I just want to say thank you so much. This was so exciting for me. I, I'm genuinely a huge fan of the film, and um, we've talked so much uh, when we weren't being uh, recorded about how much we love the film. So oh, thank you. We're fans, so thank you so much. We're thrilled we that um, we that appreciate happened. it. Yeah, Thanks for having us. us. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, Trista and Neil. It was so much fun to be able to do this. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, a great time. Thank uh, all three of you for doing it, and uh, it would be cool to do uh, another one sometime. Heck I yes. love that. I would love do that. It. Yeah. yeah. Join us next week when, when they all return. <laughs> <laughs> New podcast? Our weekly cast. <laughs> the, yeah, right. we'll, we'll do it. Home Record Weekly. Yeah. Home Record Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess uh, where can people follow Home Record as well? Uh, oh, yeah. We, we are on Instagram, Home Record the Movie. And uh, Facebook is Homewrecker, and that's it. And anyone individually have uh, places where people can follow you that you'd like uh, them to know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just Alex Esso at Twitter or Instagram. I, I still have a Facebook account, but I never use it or check it, so I wouldn't bother I wouldn't bother with that. Right. Yeah, and I'm on, on Twitter at Precious Chong, and then Instagram is Precious Shelby Chong. Because there's another precious Chong who got my really? That is very, that's very uh, peculiar. I, would not amazing. I think she's like a, a into sports and she's from Hawaii. That's all I can tell you. That's amazing. You should get to know her and find out. I'm going to follow her. That's amazing. She got, the, documentary, the precious she got the Gmail. She got the precious Chong, so I had to do Chong wow. Precious Gmail. Oh I know. She's a generation younger than me, so she got the Gmail and Instagram first. I was like, Damn, How is there oh. another precious charm? I know, right? Oh. <laughs> we should link. We should link her Twitter, her Twitter handle, though. Yeah, we should bring <laughs> her in on the podcast. Yeah, we should be <laughs> on Home Record Weekly. That would be fun to do, actually, um, just to get people with with the same names of uh, some, of people in film and just bring. Yeah, them. to come and like stand yeah. in for us in our interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on the streets of Tokyo. I'll be the only white guy in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm on my way. All right. You get, you get flights it. cheap right now, but I don't know if I'd recommend that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this was great, and I appreciate everyone being on. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> There we go. Excellent. Thanks, everyone. That was awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks Neil. Good to see you, Alex. Thank good Bye. to see you, too, man. Good luck in Tokyo. All right. Cheers to you. Bye. 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 All right. I am trying to watch. I'll hang up on you so it's easy. Sit. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I found it. Leave. You got to press leave, and then you have to press leave meeting again. I'm an actor, right. you see, this technology. Okay. Very nice to meet you, nice Neil. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you so time. much again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah.
From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Rip where we should have listened. Sitting here on a lie. Wailing, you tiny. Now we're gonna die. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. The